Hi, Ron here and welcome. We love that you've come to join us here and listen to a lot of our episodes. Please help us continue with this by supporting us through either joining the Barack Center at thebarackcenter.com or joining us at the Fringe Church at thefringechurch.com and sharing and donating through those sources. And once again, thank you for joining us today. Well, good morning and welcome to Devotions. Hang on, let me just get rid of a notice here. Um, what a lovely weekend of um, wonderful things happening in people's lives. Um, anyway, back to uh, back to the normal world of Monday morning. Um, chapter 2, verse 12 to 16 of Romans. The translation I'm going to read this morning rearranges the verses a little um, because it gives the sense so much better. Um, might explain that. That's beyond our time limits. But uh, chapter 2, verse 12. As many as sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For it's not the hearers of the law who are righteous in the sight of God. It's the doers of the law that will be counted righteous. In that day when God judges the hidden things of men, according to my gospel through Jesus Christ. So whenever the Gentiles who don't possess the law do naturally the deeds of the law, although they don't possess the law, they are a law to themselves. They show the work of the law written on their hearts, while their consciences bear them witness, and while their thoughts within accuse or excuse them. Now, Paul, as we know, is, is setting his, his theme. He's painting the picture of sin and judgment, wrath, so on and on. And so in this part, he's really um, carrying that forward. And he's dealt with the, uh, the Jews in the last, you know, four days or three days of our, our time together in uh, chapter 2, the first few verses. Now he turns his attention to the Gentiles because he can sort of hear in his imagination as he's pacing up and down, writing this stuff, and Tertius is writing it down, he, uh, he can hear a Gentile saying, well, you know, the Jews have no real advantage except that God did tell them what he wanted. So if God told them what he wanted and he hasn't told us, then they're on the hook and we're not. And so he wants to go, ah, 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 you're not going to get away with that. He says two things. They're really powerful. Number one, we will be judged by what we had the opportunity to know. If we know what God wants, even if we think we know what God wants, if we are devoutly following another religion, perhaps, if we believe we have the purpose of God, we will be judged as those who believe they knew that and should have been acting out. If we know nothing, we're in one of those families that's come through, you know, four generations of atheists, you know, there's still something inside us. There's still conscience. There's still decency. There's still character. That will be our judge. So we'll be judged by what we had the opportunity to know. God is fair. The judgment is based on the, the fidelity to the highest that we knew. Now, that's powerful. And, and this also just pulls us a little bit further from this whole thing of, you know, yes, salvation is available to us because of what Jesus has done. But as a point of judgment, saying a little sinner's prayer has very little to do with it. It is about how we live. And that's what this whole thing of these two chapters. It's all about how we live. God is looking at that looking, you know, guarding jealously over it. 
So judgment is going to be on the basis of what we do, and that will be on the basis of what we knew to do. So even those who don't know the law of God in terms of what God has given to the, the Jewish nation have a, an unwritten law in their hearts. Now, at this point, Paul is still engaging in his debate and conversation with the, uh, the pagan philosophical world. He's probably picking up Aristotle, who said, the cultivated and free-minded man will so behave as being a law to himself. And the Stoics said, you know, there is sort of natural law through the cosmos. There's stuff that you ignore at your peril. There are laws of health. There are laws of morality. It, you know, and they, they say, really, you know, some of what I say is almost Stoic. You know, you can't break the law of God. If you disobey it, it will break you. And that's very Stoic. Uh, Plutarch asked the question, who governs the governor? And he says, law the king of all mortals and immortals, which is not written on papyrus rolls or wooden tablets, uh, but is his own reason within his soul, which perpetually dwells with him and guards him and never leaves his soul bereft of leadership. So the philosophers are saying there is a thing in us that we know right from wrong. Paul says, correct, and it is a basis for judgment with God. I am really interested in how close what Plutarch says in that, that quote I just read is to what Jeremiah says about a new covenant. In that day, I will write my law in their hearts. It seems like this is something written into the order of creation that you know we are made in the image of God. It's not completely gone. We still have some idea of what's what. So on the reality of judgment, the Jew can't claim an exemption on the ground that he had a special place in God's plan. You'll be judged by what you do. The Gentile can't claim an exemption on the grounds that he didn't know what to do. Paul says, you knew enough. So everybody's on the hook. And that's what he's trying to get to. He is painting our lostness before God. He's really trying to convince us, guys, unless God does something, we're really lost. So he's just hoisting everybody on different flagpoles. So we look and go, yeah, that's a problem. So... Everyone's going to be judged by what they know, what they had the chance to know. Now, for us, this passage is one of the greatest spurs to, for me to think about how I communicate as an evangelist and as a preacher and as a pastor. Um, frankly, we are more like the Jews in this passage than the Gentiles. We claim some knowledge of God. We have scripture we have, you know, the traditions of teaching. We have the, the corporate wisdom of the church. There's a whole lot of stuff that we know. And Paul would say to us, good. Now, what are you doing about it? Because that's the basis for judgment. Your knowledge on its own is irrelevant. What does it lead you to do? How do you live as a result of all that knowledge? So, you know, there are people I know who say to me, it's better for me not to be a Christian. If I don't know, effectively, they're quoting Paul. If I don't know, effectively, I stand before God in my conscience. I can manage that. But if I get all those rules and all that religion, I think, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Now, the question that this inspires in me, it's a very powerful one. What do I have and what do I communicate that is better than that natural law written in people's heart? 
What do I have that makes that look like a pale reflection of what is available? How do I come through such that when people hear me, they hear another voice that says, come to me when you're weary and overburdened and I'll give you rest for I'm gentle and lowly in soul. You'll find rest. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. How, how do I communicate in such a way that that's the pulse of what comes through and people go, oh, that is so much better than doing this on my own. What do I communicate that says, yeah, that decency is life. It's wonderful. But I'm, I'm on about abundant life. This is better. Now, that's where this passage takes me every time. Um, I, I understand that I am judged by what I know. And what I know has to convert to action. I, you know, I'm not doing it perfectly, but I, at least I get that right in my head. But I, it really makes me ask, how do we sound as evangelists and pastors because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who've spoken to Christians and have not heard the law of God in terms of the gospel. Now, there are things about the gospel that are elements of a self-help program, a political ideology, uh, a panacea for this world and, and a hope for the next and a moral code. Yes, those are all part of it. But when what we say becomes more like one of those than the announcement that the kingdom of God has come very, very close. The righteousness of God is available to you. In a new covenant, you can live in this dimension of the spirit and in a whole new world and, and communicate that in ways that are attractive and real and powerful. Well, I wonder if people have even heard the gospel. And it upsets me so much when when Christians get all self-righteous, I told him the four spiritual laws, I've told him the way to go, I've told him, to, and he just refuses to listen, he's got a hard, horrible heart, and you just think, no, he hasn't. He just met a, a religious person. What have we got that's better for the people around about us? Why would anybody want to follow Jesus as we talk to them? That's what this question asks me. Is it better to know God as we do? Or is it better to just be as good as the next bloke? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, when we ask the question that way, it actually gets sort of hard to put into words. What, what is it that we've found in you that keeps us hanging on as Christians and not reverting? What, what is it that just turns our lives upside down and is that intersection of of the kingdom of God on our lives. And it's just, it's so amazing and dazzling that we keep following it. And God, how do we give that stuff away? How do we give that thing away that says, yeah, oh, well done, you're doing so good. Ah, oh, hey, here's this piece. It's great. And Father, that it bears the natural fruit that happens when the gospel is truly preached. The people repent to life, believe, love, Stand up, heal, recover, are delivered and walk in the glorious liberty of the children of God. Father, we have so much to learn about evangelism. And this passage just inspires me to want to get better and to want to understand why anybody would want to walk in the way that I walk. So Lord, help us to get better at this. Help us to get good at this. And Lord, help those, including those who've come to the Lord over this last little period, this last week. Lord, 
we want to pray that all of them will will discover that we will discover together how good life is under the gospel under this law of god this this rule of life that we have come to so jesus fill us with your spirit fill us with joy fill us with a glorious liberty lord that it's pretty manifestly obvious to everyone that what we're carrying is just better. These things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, folks. We'll see you in the morning. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode. And please, don't forget to sign up to the thebarackcenter.com or thefringechurch.com and help support us so we can reach many more. Thank you again for joining us today.